Simon Kennedy Ellis. I've just uh, this conversation is interrupting my watching. Is it the Ring of Power? <laughs> <laughs> I take it you're referring to the new Lord of the Rings program. Yes, maybe it must be the Rings of Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. That does that sounds like a better mouthful, doesn't it? I won't lie. I have not paid any attention because I find Lord of the Rings a little difficult. Ah, which uh, which aspect of it do you find a little difficult? So, when I was a kid, I read The Hobbit, and then I read Lord of the Rings, and you um, enjoyed them. So, yeah, yeah, there were they. I was a I was a voracious reader when I was younger. Yeah, I read far and wide, and enjoyed pretty much everything that I read. I remember reading Lace by Shirley Conrad and loving that. And then go and then Were there particular pages you lingered over? No, no, I just liked I liked the um which one of you bitches is my mother. I liked that whole kind of uh, that thing. And then I remember finishing I remember finishing Lace and then moving on to Camus the Outsider. I know. It was just, what is in the house? I just read anything. Um, so I read a lot of The Rings and The Hobbit, and that was fine. But then I watched the films. Yeah, Peter Jackson, hey? He, know, he knows how to finish a film. But Peter Jackson doesn't have anything to do with this series, or did he, did he just ruin it? I think what it is is that he just brought to the surface the... Um, there's a sort of self-seriousness. Oh, it's portentous. Yeah, and I just, I kind of, I can't really... Yeah, I can't really get my head around it. And that is not to say I can't understand why people would find joy in it. And so I support your choice to watch The Rings of Power. This is a podcast in which two friends talk about the pleasures, absurdities and imperfections of being human. I'm Simon Ellis. And I'm Lee Miller. Welcome to Midlifing. Um, and the other thing that's been happening, of course, as you may well know, is I'm, um, I've am i just about finished writing this application to become a <laughs> to get a promotion. And one of the things, the very first thing, I didn't understand what they were asking me, and I had to ask my boss, and she said, um, oh, that's how, when you decide what title you want to be given. And I've been umming and ahhing about, um, in the very unlikely circumstances that I'm awarded this promotion. Again, mm-hmm. seriously unlikely. And one of the things she said, she said, what about... <laughs> what about professor in choreographic practices? <laughs> <laughs> now, this is funny, dear listeners, because Lee and I, um, uh, when we're not podcasting, we are ruthlessly efficient in editing and um, in co-editing a journal called Choreographic Practices. <laughs> Yeah, so when I say we are ruthlessly efficient, I'll just say that one of us is ruthlessly efficient and I'll let you, listener, decide who it is out of the two of us. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and um, so, yes, uh, I like the idea of being a um, professor in choreographic practices, except for the fact that... <laughs> so I did think I thought, I wondered if you could help me decide what it is that I should be when I don't pass this um, particular application. 
Well, I'm the wrong person to ask because you know that I will choose a um, a ridiculous title. So I used to teach on uh, I used to teach on a, a joint honors program. In fact, my first job was in a in a department that that ran joint honors. And so, so what is a joint honors program? So a joint that honors is not a that's is not what, a familiar term to non UK people. Okay, so a joint honors would be I guess something a little bit like for our North American listeners a liberal arts degree. Oh. A little like there are certain pathways that um that you can put together. And joint honors as the way as it sounds they're a kind of 50-50 split. Um, right. So that you don't usually get. It's not a as major. open as a liberal arts degree. No, it's not. As o- it's not as open, but it's close. Yeah, well, you have I... a major, but yes, that's right. Yeah, but I think the thing about a major is that a major is in a, again in a liberal arts context. You and and please forgive me if I'm getting this wrong. I think that's the 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 bit that you do the most of, but you do more than one other thing. You'll do. That's right. Lots you can have things. exactly. You can have. Yeah. You can have more than one minor. Yeah. And then Ex- there's other yeah. courses as well. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas a joint honours degree, it's usually it's fifty fifty. Usually, or, or some. I think in some instances it used to be historically you could maybe do like forty third at forty thirty. Ruthlessly efficient with mathematics. Two glasses of wine tonight, and I just and I've been doing past participles of Portuguese. Oh, oh wow! My wow, brain no is wonder. and my no brain's wonder. doing a little bit of a a, a a hiccupy fart. I think I was trying to say seventy thirty. Anyway, right. anyway, but they've kind of stopped now, haven't they? I think they, they have. Because they've they, fallen. Because... They've fallen out of and... favour, which is why I said I. You, you know, in my first job, I taught yeah. on. And and I I taught uh, I taught a young woman who who was doing fine art and dance a joint honours in fine art and dance, but she refused to say that she did a joint honours in fine art and dance. She would only tell people that she did a degree in jumping and colouring in, which I thought ah. was beautiful. What's what's your degree in uh, jumping and colouring in? So I think you should be professor a professor in... of jumping. <laughs> Or professor of impressive Netflix, or <laughs> <laughs> professor of one move left. <laughs> I never said that. I never said that. Yeah, professor. Of, yes, professor. Professor, professor in, one move. Professor. <laughs> <laughs> professor one remaining move. Let's be clear. I used to have more than one. They just they're just shrinking. Professor, I built my career on that. <laughs> <laughs> um i think um <laughs> i don't know i i <laughs> i i i'm gonna ask you i'm gonna try and not sound like i'm being shitty now and I'm, I'm gonna just ask you a serious question is there something wrong with professor of dance no i'm that's where i'm um that's where i'm heading actually mm. yeah mm. i i um i i've spent quite a lot of time on this application not a lot of time on the potential titles. I was sort of avoiding it because I was wanting to avoid a situation where I have to explain what it is. And Professor in Dance makes me think that people go, oh, really? When, or if I could say Professor in, see, there's nothing I've got that doesn't require a whole heap of explaining. Um, You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. So I I think maybe dance is the um, Professor in Choreography, but that's just as bad, isn't it? I think Professor of Choreography is a little clearer in the sense that people know what a choreographer 
is, but I guess Professor of Dance could be quite big, and they might want to say things like, ooh, do you do ballet? Yes, or um, did you work for Beyonce? Anyway, let's not spend any more time on that because um, it's silly. And then the other thing, just one other little bit of, this is a bit of housekeeping, that okay. um, as I was biking into work the other day, I bike into work every day. Uh, it takes me one song to bike into work. Um, <laughs> it's not worth getting your bike out. I, yeah, I bike past Gloria and Lil's and they waved at me. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt like that. Okay. I felt like that I'm going to walk in there and I'm going to be like that guy from Cheers. <laughs> Do you remember? And then you'd walk in and everyone would go, hey, Norm. whatever it was. Norm, that's exactly. And <laughs> so I have a feeling that's – and actually I did. I went to one of the, the – I went in there and there was an owner there. She goes, it's Simon, isn't it? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yep, they waved at me, Lee. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what to say to you other than – this is a, it's a slippery slope. Or is it? I'm actually quite close to the bottom of that slope. <laughs> so, um, Jeff got a little bit of blowback today uh, from one of his favourite shops. Blowback? Yeah, he got in a little bit of trouble. A little bit of a, a bit of a critique was offered um, about his behaviour. Wow. Yeah. Which shop was it? So, was it the um, fudge shop? No, <laughs> no, it's not the fudge shop. It's um, it's a shop. <laughs> Dear listeners, Lee and I are just remembering a particular day, and we're not going to say it anymore. <laughs> Except. If you've any sense of how immature we possibly could be around a fudge shop. There is... Uh, <laughs> Simon and I did not cover ourselves in... Um, glory. In, in glory, standing in front of our respective <laughs> wives, laughing, probably for... I mean, hours, hours. it was... Well, I think we probably laughed for about half an hour in the street without moving... <laughs> And then we continued to laugh for an entire weekend. <laughs> based upon I still don't know what was funny about it. The single most asinine thing that you could possibly imagine if you were walking past a I'm sure shop. 90% of our listeners are already there. Oh, well, if they aren't, they're, they're not you else. listening to the wrong, <laughs> the wrong show. Uh, anyway, sorry. Yeah, it wasn't, so it wasn't that. Shop. It was it was a, a, a it was a produce shop that sells a produce you know apples and oranges and potatoes yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. the like it will remain nameless right. as you know Bob has been away but Bob has come back welcome back Bob oh yeah she's back home she's been hey, home welcome for a, welcome home Bob yeah she's been home a day and a half it's been a total delight mm. I discovered something about myself that I didn't know I I only <laughs> sing when Bob is in the house oh. Yeah. So, oh. I didn't know that because I was stood in the shower and I thought to myself as as yesterday morning, yesterday morning, this morning, a uh, morning that Bob was here, um, and I was singing very, very loudly and I realised, oh, I haven't hadn't done, done this that. since she's been away. Oh, that is interesting because we don't, um, I know that uh, Lil and I don't talk to our all our inanimate objects except when we're both in the house. The house falls silent when one of us is away. They all stop talking to us. Isn't that funny? 
Mm-hmm. I think it's a similar a similar thing. Mm. Yours is a little less crazy. <laughs> I I don't know. I really don't know. I was caught by a stranger in the churchyard a couple of days ago asking Jeffrey what day it was. <laughs> and then I went, well, yeah, obviously, I know it's Wednesday. What's the date, though? <laughs> that was what your conversation was? That was like I was walking along and saying, so, Jeff, what, d- what day is it today? Well, yes, I, I know it's Wednesday. I know it's Wednesday. But what's the date? <laughs> and somebody went, uh, are you asking your dog what date it is? I was like, well, evidently. <clears throat> Did the person actually say that? Yeah, I make a they, small town, small town, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. They were uh, they were quite perplexed. They were a tourist, you know. Hmm. They probably thought I'd been like a to entertain. Yeah, like a small performance in the churchyard. Anywho, yes, so you can yes. And Bob's so, home. That's that's great. Bob and have you home. got so, have you got something to talk about? Or, well, I have uh, to I mean, finish this. I have to finish this boring dog anecdote. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Which yeah, I went I off. Sorry. Bob's home. She went into the uh, produce shop uh, to, to pick some stuff up for lunch and also to say hello to Karen and Charlotte, who manage the shop. The unnamed The unnamed produce shop. shop. And Karen said, uh, I've only seen one of the men you live with for a little while. And Bob said, which one? <laughs> and Karen said, the one who can go out by himself. She went, ah. Yes, right. Um, how is how is the other man? Uh, he's fine. He had three apples today, so I assume you must have seen him. So you know that Jeffrey. Oh, or do has you? Has he know? been stealing apples? No. Well, it started as theft and then became gifting. So Jeffrey gets given apples from this shop very, very regularly whenever he goes past. But Karen said, Jeffrey has not been here today. Where has he been going to get his apples? <laughs> I want him to come here today and explain, explain himself. Him. He's been cheating. He's been well, um, double he dipping. Hadn't, he, is... he hadn't been cheating. He hadn't been double dipping. He had been scrumping. He took me on a walk past an apple tree and said, Lee, I found an apple tree. It has multiple apples on the floor. Let me show you how good they are. And he had three apples and I had an apple as we were on our walk this morning. And so they don't, they, do they still feel betrayed or cheated on? No, now they knew that it was windfalls, it was fine. And then he had another three apples. <laughs> at the oh, hour. wow, wow. Yeah, he gets a lot of apples. Wow. I, I can't believe he doesn't have more, like, explosive yeah. diarrhea. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't. He didn't have to say it, Lee. You I know. He just didn't have to say it. I know, but just in case anybody was <clears throat> uncertain what six apples in a day might do to a dog's digestion, it yeah, doesn't do You should it take him outside the fudge <laughs> I'm not even going to laugh at that. So, Simon, do you, you have anything to, to talk about? Nope, moving on. I, um, I do, actually. Oh, hit me with your best shot. Da-dum, da-dum. <sighs> okay, so mm-hmm. I was having a conversation with a friend talking about making mistakes. I guess my, I just want to, what do you like? How do you treat yourself when you make a mistake? My kindness towards myself is in inverse proportion to the size of the mistake. So you're, the smaller the mistake, the more kind you are to yourself? Quite the opposite. The smaller the mistake, the more I will berate myself. The larger the mistake, the more I will say, it's okay, these things happen. And why do you think that is? Because I, 
I, I was reminded of, um, I mean, one of the things that's most remarkable, I think, about learning another language is that you are, you know, by necessity, you're confronted by and, in fact, must make mistakes and you mm-hmm. continue to make mistakes a lot. Yeah. Like it's not, you, you, they're unavoidable. If you imagine that you would not speak unless you were perfect, you would never utter a word. Mm-hmm. But I do, I do remember a kind of impatience that knocked on the door of shame, meaning in a lesson, the teacher, and then getting into a kind of a world of, um, I can't do this like really quite deep-seated, I can't do this because I had made a particular mistake or that it was confronting my... And um, not being able to dig myself out of that. So really quite um, as if that scenario equated to I'm no good, if you understand what I mean. Yeah. And maybe that's slightly different from being, you know, that sense of um, making a mistake and then... And then letting it, you know, like a, like John McEnroe used to, um, used to happen where there's sort of sense that he would explode. You, I'm sure you remember John McEnroe, and and that like that would contaminate his performance. Not always, but there would be times when it would contaminate his performance in the sense that it would be to his detriment. Mm. Uh, it would reduce the quality of his performance. And I was wondering about the sort of second part of my thought was. Where is it that we, when is it that, and do you have any memories of when you started to learn how you respond to mistakes, big or small? I don't think that my learning has been linear, and I don't think that my responses are the same in all contexts. Yes. Like like everything that I say, it's immediately followed up by the by a contradiction of like, well, yeah, of course, I always feel like an imposter because you know my mum and dad left school at fourteen, my dad was a butcher, my mum worked in a factory. I'm not supposed to be, you know, um, have a PhD and work in a university in a in a senior role. These are not things that were were designed for me. But that's kind of that's an existential thing that that notion of imposter. Um, ah. and and like all of us i'm complicated enough for that to run as a subroutine underneath the daily interface of engaging with my work and thinking yeah i'm i'm doing a good job of this it's a subroutine that doesn't it doesn't really i'm i know i'm mixing metaphors here mm. but it doesn't really infect you i don't oh, let's we could say it's a computer virus so yeah 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 i don't i don't think it infects me in the sense that um i i acknowledge that is and now i'm just going to keep running with the uh the metaphor i acknowledge that it's base code there's nothing i can do about it it's sort of it's part of the the way that i've been built and i know that that is that that notion of feeling like an imposter is not really to do with the job as in the tasks that the job require me to do. And it's the fact that I am occupying this kind of a position at all. Right. So those are two But it doesn't get in the way of you doing your work. Like, I mean, clearly for some people it's it's debilitating. Yeah, no, it doesn't. I mean, there have been moments where it has done, I guess, where I felt a little bit like, oh, I'm not not sure. But that's quite a, a, a long time ago now. 
because I feel that I'm I'm capable of doing my job well. Um, my, my failures, of which there are many, are um, instructive. Mm. It's interesting that you used John McEnroe as an example, somebody physically very capable. I think where I felt shame the most explicitly in relationship to failure was when I was in my ver- deep in my yoga practice. Mm. Which, of course, is entirely the wrong thing to be feeling when you're doing yoga. It means you're doing it all wrong, but you kind of have to go through that. Well, not all wrong, right? <laughs> Well, I was I, I was I was wrong in the sense that I was I was concentrating on shape. Sure, you know, not I was, sensation. I, yeah, uh, yeah. I was I was concentrating on um, the I, I was, form. Or, yeah. Exactly. I wasn't on my mat. I was I was somewhere else. How is it for you? I think I get. Um, I think the interesting things. Or interesting moments are when when there's some sense of the a reaction being disproportionate to the situation. I think that interests me, and it interests me because it's like it's it's like I'm being I have the sensation that I'm telling myself something that there's something going on here, which is far more than the situation. And so I mean I have. I mean, I can give you a banal, a benign and banal example, but also I have pretty strong memories of playing tennis as a you know twelve, thirteen, fourteen-year-old, and the profound and the profundity of my um, deep frustration with mistakes. And this is interesting. It's interesting in the sense that if you don't know this, or most people won't know this, but tennis is more than many sports about making fewer mistakes than the person you're playing. And they call them unforced errors, which I always loved, versus a forced error. So it's a game predicated on the visibility and obviousness of error. And yet, even though I knew that, it didn't seem to make any difference to how it is that I experienced those. Now, I used to get very angry, explicitly angry, and I stopped that. You know, it was, I was, yeah, pretty, I remember I've had a couple of pretty strong memories as a 13, or well, maybe 12-year-old, and just losing it and realizing that um, this wasn't such a good way to go. But, I, but what I did was I ended up just bottling that it wasn't that i didn't experience things differently i just didn't express them <laughs> right <laughs> if, you if you understand what yeah, i mean yeah and so i think i learned and where did i learn that oh my i have no idea but that was a, there was a sort of sense that there was a sort of a sense of um that it felt very deep in my psychology as a human being that that's how i responded to those situations which was not how necessary how other people responded to the same situation, mm. not not necessarily worse, not necessarily better, but and then and then a situation now would be um, bizarre, bizarre. If I'm cooking, and you know, as you know, when you're cooking, you make mistakes all the time. It's just one of those things. Mm. But my sense of disappointment in myself is bizarrely, Miller, right. really? just. Bizarre, yeah. 
that's disappointment, frustration, like I'm no good at that, you know, really quite strong negative self-talk would have been the language I would have used as a, as a, as a tennis player, you wanting to reduce negative self-talk. But yeah, like filled with that. So yeah, that I, I, and I think it's quite, you know, interesting, I guess psychologically interesting in a benign scenario that, because um, really, what does it matter? I mean, I don't like wasting food and having to throw food out if I make that kind of mistake, but by and large, it's okay, right? Yeah, and also the... the... Well, the mistakes you make when you're cooking are rarely food going in the bin. Levels of mistakes usually they are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's kind of like, oh, this isn't as good as I wanted to be. This doesn't particularly taste as as transcendent as I was hoping for. But it's going to serve a purpose. It's not going to make me sick. You know, no. there, there is a sense. <laughs> That's right. Of, yeah, I mean, cause... Right. in fact, a good, in fact, you know, I imagine the better and more experienced you are, the better you are at um, at going. Okay, well, I can do this. I can do yeah. this. You know, yeah. you see it, and you see it on a very, um, in a sort of a, a heightened level on a show like uh, the Great British Bake Off. You know, yeah. how is it that they deal with mistakes? My advice is get a Dalmatian. Just yeah, feed it, especially if it's apple related. <laughs> What is that? Uh, move fast and break things. That's me. Yeah, and Facebook. Maybe I just break things. <laughs> <laughs> break things. That seems like less of a good uh, call to arms. Break things. I like move slow and make things, personally. Oh, that's lovely. Should we stop? I think we should. I'm. This feels like it has not been the best episode. Really? Yeah. I'm a bit anxious that that was that got a bit self-important and dull. Really? And I'm blaming myself, just to be very clear. No, I think you'll be able to. You'll be able. To, it's amazing what you can cut out.